apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Sanderson looking in, over a pass, he's looking for King, intercepted, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They're going to ruin a catch by Manning. Welcome to Joeing About the G-Men, a CMG sports podcast. I'm Joe McGuire along with King Zay, Sean Scanlon. He'll be along in just a couple of minutes. The New York football giants say they win their first game in Brian Dable's debut, a 23-21 win over the New England Patriots. And almost as soon as the game was over, not probably before the game was over, uh, I'm on social media and everybody's hating on Daniel Jones. And uh, listen, I, I don't know what people are hoping for. I don't know what people expect. Eli Manning threw about four good balls in his career. Two of them are on the uh, open of our show. Oh, stop so, it. No more than four. Stop it. That's just I'm, ridiculous. I'm joking. <laughs> Daniel Jones was six for 10 for 69 yards. Teddy Galladay obviously dropped what would have been a touchdown. We wanted the Giants' first team offense out there. They went out there, they moved the football down the field, and they scored points. That's something say they didn't do very frequently last year. It's something people should be feeling optimistic about. And yet somehow a lot of Giants fans not feeling DJ after after the uh first game. Uh I'm being real. He did about as good as you could do with what he was given. Um obviously he doesn't have his best weapon, Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, now his best weapon, based on what I've seen from Kenny Galladay. But I need people to pump the brakes here. If Kenny Galladay catches that first down, you know, that's probably a touchdown drive maybe. Maybe Saquon punches it in the next drive, or maybe he throws a pass in. I think the Giants moved the ball pretty well, like you said, on first down. I don't know what people were expecting. You can only score one touchdown in a drive, so I don't know what people were really expecting from Daniel Jones, but I think he did well. He managed the pocket well. He um, he missed on a couple of throws. Obviously, he's still got some things to figure out. He's learning a new offense. And, again, a lot of the guys he's playing with are people he's never played with again from offensive line to even receivers. He's only played, what, about six games with Galladay last year before injury? So, you know, he doesn't even have much time in with the guys last year that were there. And, again, uh, we didn't see Sterling Shepard. We didn't see a lot of players, get you know, play and get in. So there's still much areas. Uh, there's still areas to improve on offense, but I think 
overall, they did pretty well for, you know, what they were going out there to do. Get Sean, Daniel Jones is obviously under the gun here. I, I, as I just said to say, I don't know what people are looking for from this guy other than bringing the team down the field and scoring points. That's a step in the right direction for this team. They were only out there for two series. It, it, it's it's what we wanted to see. What do you think of Daniel Jones? A lot of people said Tyrod Taylor looked a lot more comfortable back there. I believe that. I'm sure he, he was. Receptions. <laughs> to second and third stringers. He's very comfortable throwing interceptions. That's why Tyrod Taylor is the guy he is. Sean, love the stash. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you, fellas. Good to be back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree with your assessment. I think that, you know, uh, it's important to score points. Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of that from the Giants in the past couple seasons. So uh, that first drive, obviously, you'd love to see end in a touchdown. Uh, like Zay said, if Kenny Galladay uh, doesn't drop that pass, I think we easily could have scored a touchdown. But uh, for the first time being in that offense, I think that Daniel Jones really did the best he could. Um, there was constant pressure on him. Uh, for most of the plays, um, Evan Neal didn't look too great, but, I mean, that's usually expected in his first NFL action. And then uh, also, like Zay was saying, Kenny Galladay was really the only starting receiver out there. Uh, no Kadarius, no Wandale Robinson, who was looking really good in training camp. Uh, and then, obviously, no Shep. So, um, and it's tough with Saquon coming back from injury, you know, having uh, to be at, you know, full force. So, not really having that full offense there being the first time that, you know, he's been in that offense with all these new guys, um, whole new offensive line, basically aside from Andrew Thomas. So uh, with what he was working with, I really thought that uh, people were kind of, you know, blown out of the water that, you know, he should be uh, the backup behind Tyrod Taylor. Obviously Tyrod's a veteran. So, and going against second and third string defense, obviously he's going to look pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought that Daniel Jones really did uh, the best he could with what he was working with. So I think people were kind of blowing it out of proportion. Uh, I think it's definitely going to take some time with his offense, um, especially when you don't have your starters out there. So I think that he looked, you know, uh, pretty decent with, you know, what he was working with. And I think it's only going to continue to improve um, once he gets to, you know, be more uh, comfortable with his offense going forward. Let me ask you guys both this. I'll start with you. Who impressed you on this team? Maybe somebody you didn't necessarily expect anything from. Maybe someone like Antoine Williams ran for 61 yards in a score at a 19-yard run. Looked pretty good back there. Anybody anybody out there where you're like, oh, I like this? Actually, there was. I'm trying to uh, remember his name. It was a, a wide receiver, I believe. Oh my God, uh, Colin Johnson, I think that was his name. Uh, that kid was lighting it up. He was hitting him up every other play. I thought, I think he's definitely going to be a day one starter for the Giants on the roster. I think he will be out there starting. I, I think, considering that they both were in a new offense and never played together, the fact that he and Daniel Jones are able to connect on so many passes, minus the one fumble he had, I think he played pretty well. And I think he will be a, a 5,100 people on a 53 man roster for the Giants. Possibly even a starter. Colin Johnson, seven catches, 82 yards. He was targeted seven times or eight times, seven catches uh, all in all. Uh, that's a guy who I think very, very much is in contention uh, to make this roster at wide receiver. Uh, Sean, anybody, anybody out there doing it for you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball. I think that uh, Gary Brightwell looked pretty good. Um, the, I mean, maybe backup running back. I know that we brought in Matt Breida during the offseason, but uh, he's the second year back that we really didn't see much of last year, even when Saquon went down. Uh, more of a special teams guy, but uh, he looked good uh, carrying the ball, and also uh, he had that nice one reception where he uh, broke a tackle and uh, made a nice gain out of it. So uh, he's got the ability to catch out of the backfield. Um, he looks pretty good between the tackles, too. He's He's got a good burst. Uh, he's a fast dude. So I think that he looked pretty solid. He has a chance to, you know, slot into that starting running or, excuse me, uh, backup running back role behind Saquon. Uh, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, cross the fingers. Hopefully Saquon doesn't go down. But knowing his injury history, uh, it's important to have a good uh, backup running back, especially I don't think he's going to be that bell cow type back where we're giving 20, 25 touches a game, uh, just knowing his injury history background. So to have a solid backup running back back there will be important. And I think that, you know, he proved that uh, he could slot into that role and maybe uh, give us some effective touches during the year. 
And then uh, I know it says who impressed you, but uh, who didn't impress me was Aaron Robinson. Uh, he's supposed to be our, our second corner, um, especially that one drive. He was just getting burnt by Tyquan Thornton, um, a bunch of these second uh, string receivers from the Patriots too. The Patriots don't even have a good receiving quarter start. So these are all their backups. Um, that one drive was just brutal. It was play after play. He was getting burnt. And then obviously it ends uh, with him getting uh, burnt in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So that's really my biggest concern of this team this year uh, is the secondary. I think that Xavier McKinney is really the only proven commodity on that defense. Um, Adore Jackson obviously was had some pretty good years in Tennessee, but didn't show us anything last year. Um, and he's our cornerback one. Having our cornerback two being Aaron Robinson is, is pretty sketchy. So um, definitely need some improvement there. Uh, I don't know if bringing any free agent veterans that are still out there, but it's just that's the one thing that really worries me about this defense. I think the pass rush has definitely improved a lot. I think that's gotten a lot better. But this secondary uh, could really be what kills this defense this year. Well, I'm glad you said that. That sort of brings up this point or this question what do you see want to see more of in in the preseason before we get to the actual season certainly the secondary i think we all knew going in it was going to be an issue it certainly played out exactly the way we feared that it might and i think at this point if you're the giants you're just hoping a cornerback gets caught before training camp, somebody that you could stick out there that's going to give you a better performance, which seems unlikely, but you never know. Yeah, that said, <laughs> yeah, that said, Sean, what that's do you want to see more of? I want to see this starting offense take the football down the field a few times uh, and, and show me that they can move the football. Because to me, in 2022, most teams – can move the football with relative ease. The teams that are the worst in the league, like the Giants and the Texans and the Jaguars, that's been the biggest thing. It's all the three and outs. It puts all that pressure on your defense. So that's something I'm 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 desperately looking for. What else would you like to see from this team before you're you think they're ready to hit the regular season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned the pass rush. Um, we didn't really see too much of it against the Patriots, but I do look forward to seeing that in the next couple of preseason games. Um, Thibodeau was a little bit quiet in his first game, but uh, I think that's – I don't think that's going to continue. Apparently, he's looked really good in training camp. Um, I mean, he's a freak of nature, so I think he's going to start to, you know, find his footing and uh, really get some good pass rush for this team. And then I think Ojolari coming into his second year will have a big year. Um, Quincy Roche is a kind of – name that kind of uh, came up last year. Uh, he kind of broke out, but I think that he's going to continue to do that. And then uh, having Leonard Williams on the inside who didn't uh, play uh, Thursday, I think is going to be huge. So uh, just trying to get this pass rush back to where it was um, in the great, you know, Giants days, obviously um, all the great Giants teams that have won championships have all had great pass rushers. So um, it really starts with that in the defense. And I think this is probably one of the better pass rushes, at least on paper, uh, that we've had in a couple of years ever since JPP and Olivier Vernon left. So uh, just getting back to having a, a great pass rush uh, will really be important for this defense. And uh, we didn't really see it too much in this uh, first preseason game against the Patriots, but um, I do expect it to, you know, build up more and more um, as we progress towards the regular season. But that's, I mean, that's going to be huge, especially with the secondary uh, that, most likely is going to struggle. Uh, it'll be important to get pressure on the quarterback quick um, just so the secondary doesn't have to be out uh, on an island there the whole time. So I'm looking forward to uh, this pass rush uh, being a lot more improved uh, this season. How about you, Zay? Um, <laughs> I want to see more Kayvon. I um, I want to see more Kayvon. I need to see more Kayvon. I was a big critic before we had our pre-draft shows before I mentioned I, I didn't like the idea of Kayvon. I'd love to have Aiden Hutchinson. Obviously, he went way earlier than we could have got him. But again, you turn on the TV, then you look at the Lions game, and Aiden Hutchinson, first play from scrimmage, he's in the backfield. You know, he's making a big play. That's what I'm expecting, you know, from, you know, a big name like Kayvon. I didn't get that. I felt like he got blocked. He got taken out of the game, and he was just out of it. He didn't do anything. I need to see more Kayvon. I need to see more of the first offense that played last game. I'm okay with, you know, keeping Wandell and keeping Tony's other guys out because as I look around the league, these injuries everywhere. The last thing the Giants need is a key piece like Wandell or Kadarius Tony tearing an ACL or popping something or a hamstring. I'm okay 
you know, shelving the weapons until season starts because I know those guys are ballers. They're going to get on the field. They're going to do what they do. They don't need months and weeks in training to do with that. They just do what they do because it's a God-given talent what they do. But I do need to see more connection and more, you know, teamwork between Kadari, I mean, Gallaty, excuse me, and Daniel Jones. Because, again, these two, for what, they, what Galladay is getting paid, he has to be a better receiver for us. He's taking up too much Sucks. payroll for him not to be as good. When we need corners, it's like Sean mentioned, badly. And you have this receiver who's taking up most of your payroll who doesn't catch touchdowns the whole season. So I need to see these two start to develop a connection or try to move Galladay if you can be, and bring in something that can help us because – there's no point of having an expensive receiver who can't catch the ball for you. It's pointless. Sean, I feel like you want to say something about that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, Galladay, just if you look at that contract right now, it's got to be one of the worst in the league. I mean, he comes out, like Zay said, didn't score a touchdown all year last year, um, was injured for most of it. Uh, him and Jones never really got that connection going. He had one like solid game against the Saints. Other than that, he was pretty quiet all season. And then – uh, you come into this year thinking, all right, maybe he was just a little bit injured last year. Maybe he comes back around. And um, it's just the the signs from training camp, at least what from I've heard, it's not like he's been doing anything outstanding. And then uh, you go into this preseason game. Um, he had that one route um, where they tried to hit him on a deep post, but he didn't even get off the line. Uh, looks like he's not even trying out there. And then, um, you know, he has that drop right in front of the end zone. So it's just more discouraging signs from a guy who we paid all this money to be our number one receiver. Um, and he hasn't really shown any uh, reason why he will be that number one receiver. And I think that he might be the third or fourth best receiver on this team right now, especially if Wandale Robinson has a great rookie year. Um, so it's tough, and especially for a team like the Giants that don't have a great receiving quarter to start with uh, when you're the third or fourth best receiver on that team and you're one of the highest paid receivers in the league. Uh, it's just not not a not a good thing to see it's a, it's a tough sight so uh hopefully he starts to get it going hopefully him and dj get that connection uh but if they don't um if we could trade him that'd be awesome but i just don't know any team that would be willing to take on that contract right now especially for what he's giving you so i think we're gonna have to ride it out with him for at least this year but hopefully he can prove because this is uh maybe one of the worst contracts in the league right now it shouldn't be we already paid the best giants receiver in giants history and then we gave him away. We shouldn't have gave him away. We should have already had him for the money. Uh, this is the irrit- Bro, the fact that we gave away Odell and have not found a replacement since is just – and then oh, you give Sterling Shepard big money because you think he'll step up and then he does nothing but get hurt every year. And now you got this guy who just – Jesus, this franchise, I swear. That's, uh, that's Dave Gittleman for you. Uh, Thanks, Dave. <laughs> And the best part is the Giants played Joe Judge last week. That was the best part. Joe Judge called the offense. The other Him side. and Matt Patricia looking like clowns calling the mm-hmm. offensive plays for the Patriots. That was it, a funny was, sight. Ugh. What an unusual situation. I said, you know, if these guys were to masterfully pull that off, they could change the way coaching is done in the NFL. But one game in, I'm going to say no. That's not even – no one's doing that. Belichick won't even talk about it. Yeah, we talk about it. It's embarrassing. This is yeah. There will be no uh, Una coaching bathrooms in the near term future. We'll keep the offense with the offense, the defense with the defense, and we'll put a coordinator in charge of both of those units. I think that's going to be and stay the standard in the NFL, at least for the time being. Dude, he my. I'll tell you, my philosophy is as simple as this. Joe Judge, especially, has such a bad reputation in this league coming off the Giants thing that I think for him, he just thought, if just we don't say who's doing what, these guys won't get criticized. People won't question my sanity as Bill Belichick. Like, why would you want Joe Judge to call plays when you saw what happened last year with Daniel Jones in New York? I, I get it from, from that respect, but I thought, when the game started, one guy would definitively be doing it. That it, like they knew, you heard it all week. Like they know who's calling the plays. I don't know if they do. I don't know if that's true at all. Joe Judge coached the Giants. He was a special teams coach, and we had the worst special, one of the worst special teams in the league last year. 
<laughs> wow. Take how could he have thought he I don't even understand how does that work? Do they have just mad and open and one picks a play and the other one picks? How does that work? How does that literally work? How does he two how does it work? One pick first down and third down, one pick second and fourth. How does that work? I yeah, literally they like, go, uh, like, they go drive to drive. drive say Bill drive? Bill turns over his shoulder <laughs> like Joe Judge, what do you got here? Uh, quarterback sneak on third down, huh? Uh, Patricia, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, I think if you're a Giants fan, <laughs> the fact that this team walked away with a victory in its first game is something you should be thrilled about. Smile. This We're is what you wanted, right? Again, it's like you wanted the Giants to what? Win 42 to five? Like, what, what did they have to do to impress the Giant fans? When again, this is probably a six, seven, eight win team. I don't know. I would be enjoying every single one of these wins wherever and whenever I can get them back yeah. up, second team, third team. I don't care. I just want to see dubs. I want to get used to the dubs. They should look, the division looks terrible too. I watched the Cowboys preseason game, I watched the Commanders and the Eagles. They don't look much better, neither. They look just like lost division, if I'm being real with you. I think it's wide open. I honestly do. Well, this seems to be a division that people constantly miscall, and generally the team that everyone thinks is the favorite ends up bombing out somehow, which puts the, the, the two and three team in better position to make a run. I think most people think the Giants are the fourth best team in this division. I, I would say that immediately makes them the third best just based on whoever everyone thinks the top team is. It's not going to pan out. Usually doesn't. Uh, the commanders last year, you look at all the injuries that they had. Who's to yep. say you won't get a repeat of that? And suddenly you're talking about the Giants are, are right up there battling it out with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And I'll tell you. I, I, you know, I've been listening to a lot of people this week. Jalen Hurts is turning a lot of heads. A lot of people kind of didn't think this guy had a real future in the NFL as a starting quarterback, but I'm, I'm hearing more and more people are very impressed with this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not sold. Good, but good. I, mean, if I, I can it, count but... on any two people to not agree with the Jalen Hurts getting good thing. It's you guys, and I appreciate that. I'll say well, that. I, I hate the Eagles, but I, no, I mean, why? just on top of that, yeah, bias aside, I just don't like even bringing in A.J. Brown. I think that's obviously huge for them. I think he's like a top 10 receiver in my eyes, but I just no. don't think they're still a run-heavy team, especially with the way Jalen Hurts plays, his style of play. Um, Miles Sanders is going to get the ball a lot. Uh, and then they're going to have to divvy up um, targets between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And I just don't think Jalen Hurts is that great at throwing the ball. I think he's obviously a run-first quarterback who can throw the ball in certain situations, but it's not like he has a deep ball. Uh, it's mostly like shorter and intermediate routes, which is what A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith aren't. I mean, A.J. Brown is more of a deep ball guy. So I just don't see how it really works out in that. Uh, that offense and I just I keep seeing everyone saying the Eagles are going to be a sleeper team like in the NFC I keep in the like top 10 power rankings I always see the Eagles in the top 10 and I just don't really get like why or how I don't like I just think they're being way too overhyped and I, I think that uh they're not going to be that great of a team this year no I completely agree with you on that one John I think the Eagles are terrible absolutely I mean I hate to be mean but I, I do and I will say this about the Giants I think the Giants will go three and five before they actually start to play some real football football. I think they'll go three and five before they start to understand that offense. And we'll start seeing Danny dimes. If That's they're three and five like, after eight games, I will be ecstatic. I, I would, I would I be so I, good with I, a three and five start. I look, I'm not going to tell you they're going to be three dominant wins, but I think it'll be three and five before they really start to understand who they are as a team. And if they're really buying into this coach, I really think they'll get to that that point. And that's why I think the division still has a chance for them, because I think at three and five, that puts them somewhere probably tied for third place by eight weeks. If I'm being real, by eight weeks in, they're probably tied for third place in the NFC East. One probably like second. The way the NFC East is. Yeah, no kidding. Not to mention, listen, uh, uh, I don't care if all three of those wins are by a singular point. I It doesn't – oh, yeah. I'm not – Listen, I'm not looking for the Giants to start blowing teams out. No. <laughs> I just want to see them come on the on the right side of these close games, which has been the last six seasons now. 
when it comes to close games, I, 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 I'll look this up for next week. I would venture the guess that in games decided by three points or less, the Giants probably have the worst record in football the last six seasons. Well, that's because they're 3-0 and out every drive. But if you look at the first drive, they march down the field. This is why you have to have confidence. Normally, it's three and out, get off the field, and then, you know, you know how it goes. The defense is back out there. But the Giants put together a drive on the table. That's why I felt confident. They did not do that in Joe Judge's whole tenure. Yeah. Zay, you know, especially in light of the fact that we heard all week that Jones was erratic with his throws, that he wasn't making throws in practice to come out. <laughs> but fine. But again, to come down the field and to actually turn that into points regardless, couldn't but, have been that bad is all I'm saying. Those were the points they were missing before. And this is what I'm yes. saying. There yes. were too many first quarters the Giants had, first halves where everything was a three and out. They never got into the red zone. The fact that they drove the ball shows you that Dable is going to put this team in different positions. They're running screens to receive. That screen to uh, Slayton looked amazing. If Neil, that's a big boy to run by. If he really gets, if he really got ahead and started blocking, he could really clear the way. And if they start mixing that up and get the timing down, it, it, I'm telling you that it's going to be the that week eight when everything starts to click. The timing, everyone starts to know how to play together. It's going to be that you got to give it time. People just want everything to work instantly. It don't work like that. This isn't the New York Mets. You just got to give things time. <laughs> I'll give you a shot at the Mets real quick, Sean, and then we'll take our break. Yeah, of course. <laughs> as long as it's not the Red Sox I know they suck You don't have to talk about that <laughs> Alright, still to come We've got our goaded series We're talking the goat of superheroes I wish Jace was here for this Because uh, that was his idea Coming up next though We're going to we're gonna go around the league I know everyone's got their fantasy drafts coming up We're looking for one guy You gotta have And one guy you want to avoid that's next on John About the Genius. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, before every game during the season, we always do our fantasy preview, and we always give our, our sleeper pick, right? We give you the, here's the guy you got to have on your team this week. That was so, that was a lot of fun last year. We, we The three of us did a really good job with that. Jace was a little iffy with all of his picks. So that said, here's what we're doing. I want to have from both of you, Give me your one must and your one bust. Give me the one guy everybody should have. Should be your first round pick. If you if you got it, you can get him. That's your guy. And then tell me the one guy that they all should stay away from. Although since you we're all in fantasy league together, I feel like you guys are not really going to want to share that here, but Let's see what we got. Zay, we'll start with you. Who's your Who's your must-have fantasy guy? Uh, my one must is, and I had him last year. I don't know why anybody didn't grab him. It's Jamar Chase. The man is probably a right now a top five receiver in the league. I don't want to put him as the best because the best is, is, is heavy up there. But he knows how to get it done. He has probably the best pairing for a quarterback that you can have if you're a receiver, you know what I'm saying? To me, he is the must-have. He literally wielded my last-place team in any win I had last year. Thanks. You know, that's what happened. Get last pick. But make sure you grab a guy like Jamar Chase. Have to have him. Absolutely have to have him. He changes teams instantly. 40, I have 40-point games, all types of points. Must-have. I love it. Sean, who's your one must 
I'm going with his uh, LSU teammate, the other receiver, uh, Justin Jefferson. I know that uh, this kind of SpongeBob square pick, as Jace would say, but I mean, it's. I think he has an uh, argument for being the best receiver in the league. Um, his first two years in the league, he has the most receiving yards by any receiver in history. Um, him and Kirk Cousins have a great connection, and I think that uh, obviously I try to go running backs in the first couple of rounds just because there's not a lot of them. You get more volume with receivers, but the numbers that he's been putting up his first two seasons have been out of this world, and I don't see any reason that's going to stop in his third season. I think he's only going to continue to get better. So I think that he's a must-have. Um, if he's there in the top four, I might even think about taking him. Uh, obviously, you know, you want to take your running backs early, but uh, I just think that he's super dynamic. Um, he can do it out of the slot. He can do it outside. Uh, great route runner, great hands. Uh, he, he's really got it all. So uh, I think that if he's there uh, in that top five, definitely think about taking him. Um, and he honestly might be the first receiver taken off the board in a lot of leagues. And uh, I don't blame anyone for doing that because I think that he is going to have another great year. So uh, one must, if, if Justin Jefferson's on the board for me, uh, I'm going ahead taking Jay Jettas because I, I think that he's a beast. And I think that, you know, by the end of this year, he might be the best receiver in all of football. Yeah. My one must is the best running back in the league. Uh, he doesn't play for the Colts. He plays for the Titans. His name is the Big D Train. Uh, Derrick Henry, to me, is still the best football player uh, in the NFL. I don't think anybody week to week has a bigger impact. That guy missed half the season uh, and still finished better than all of your running backs did. And that's a frightening thought. We know where he Oh, I don't mean you specifically. <laughs> I mean, anybody who hears or watches this, he was better than your running back. And he played half the games. That's how good he is. A healthy D train. I don't think there's a better, a better available guy in the NFL. You could find receivers, quarterbacks go late. You could always draft Kirk Cousins. You'll be fine. If you don't get Derrick Henry, you're not going to win your league. That's the way I view this. All right. Let's talk about your one bust. Do everybody a favor, maybe even especially early in your draft. Who is a guy? Everybody needs to avoid. Sean, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the receiver again on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. Uh, I think that he'll have another solid year. I just don't think he's going to replicate what he did last year, though. Uh, obviously, he had the contract talks. Uh, he was frustrated with the 49ers uh, front office during this offseason. They finally got an extension done. But he obviously doesn't want to be used as a running back or carrying the ball as much. Uh, and I think that the Niners are still going to try and do that. So I think there's going to be friction between him and the offensive coordinator still. And then just the transition from Trey Lance or Jimmy G to Trey Lance. Um, obviously, I think Jimmy G is Mr. Average. I don't think he's anything better than that. But I do think that he is a better passer of the football than Trey Lance. Uh, maybe Trey Lance will prove me wrong. We haven't seen a lot of him. But it's just I think it's going to be a tough transition going from Jimmy G, um, a solid quarterback in this league, to Trey Lance, who's going to be a first-time starter. Uh, and I just think the fact that he doesn't want to be used as a running back anymore, which is really where his best value comes from, especially last year when he got all those rushing touchdowns, uh, racked up a lot of rushing yards too. Uh, I just think it's going to be a fall-off here for Debo Samuel. Um, I think he's still going to be a solid receiver, don't get me wrong, but where his average draft position is right now, um, I would stay away from that. I would definitely try and draft him later in rounds. Um, I don't think he's technically going to be a bust, but – where he's going to be drafted in most leagues. I just don't see the value there. So uh, I think that he should be drafted a little bit later uh, just because there's a lot of question marks with that 49ers offense. Uh, and I think that he's going to fall off a little bit uh, from where he was last year. I like that. That's a good one. And and I, I agree with you uh, on, on all of that. Zay, who's your bust? Who's the guy they got to stay away from? This guy you got to stay away from. <sighs> and I hate to do this to him. It's Christian McCaffrey. Stay the hell away from CMC. No matter what you do, I know people who took him with the first pick last year and got nothing in return for it. It's the worst trick. I did that. He's never he's never healthy. He he can't stay healthy. Uh, the quarterback situation over there is a joke. And if they have to rely on the run game, well, we know again he's not reliable. So. Absolutely stay away from Christian McCaffrey. Please do it. Please. And if you pick him, Joan, fall. I'm telling you now. 
I'm going to throw a name out there without elaborating too much. I don't think I need to, but I think Saquon Barkley is very much on the bust list. I don't think that's a guy you want to take an early pick on. It's not to say Saquon isn't going to have a healthy breakout kind of season, but he's probably not the first running back you want to be drafting in this draft. And if you're picking in the first or second round and you're thinking about Saquon, do yourself a favor. Hold off. Uh, there's better picks. The guy who I really am most concerned about, and this could I this could blow up my face and he can end up having an all-pro season, but Tyreek Hill. I think sort of like what you're saying with Debo, I think the expectation for what Tyreek Hill does every single season. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the the 100 catches, the 1,500 yards, the 10 touchdowns or whatever. I think he's going to find having Tua Tagovailoa as his quarterback. I just think if you're looking to pick him one or two or three overall in your draft, I would reconsider Tyreek Hill. No offense to Tyreek Hill or to his skill set. He's a great football player. My concern is... How good is Tua going to be at getting the football to that guy, knowing he's already got a favorite target and a guy he's known for years in Jalen Waddle? So my concern is, is what does this mean for Tyreek Hill? Is Tyreek Hill going to have a monster season? I don't think as monster as he's used to. So again, if you're looking to go super early on Tyreek Hill, I might consider a, a Devonte Adams over Tyreek Hill right now. That's no, what I would do. No, 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 no. You would take Tyreek over Devonte Adams? I think Tyreek Hill is gonna he's gonna eat up the the short to intermediate routes. I honestly do. I think he's gonna eat that up. Being a second option, I think he's gonna destroy against linebackers and inside corners. I think they're planning for it purposely. I think they continue to use Chase as their big weapon, and I mean. I said Chase, excuse me, Waddle as their big weapon. And then you use Tyreek Hill in your short to intermediate, your trick plays. I think you find a way to get him the ball in other ways than just the deep ball. Because, again, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to, you know, flick it and throw it 80 yards and throw it behind the back and, you know, through his legs or whatever. He's not going to do that. Tyreek Hill has been talking all through training camp, pretty much since that trade, like – he doesn't see any kind of difference between Mahomes and Tua. That's what he said. Those so are his words. Those targets. His words, not him, mine. His words, not mine. I've seen his words. His words, not mine. I'm just saying. There's a. I, I have a lot of friends who are Dolphins fans. No one's really feeling Tua. I'm just saying. I think there could be a drop off. The balls would be coming in with the reverse spin on them, by the way, uh, and not quite as tight, not not quite as good. I'm just saying, it it could be. I don't know what Tyreek Hill's numbers looked like last year. I don't know how many catches he had, but I'm saying I don't think he's going to top catches, yards, or touchdowns over last season. So if you had Tyreek Hill and you're like, I'm going to pencil him in for those numbers. I'm just saying I think you're looking at those numbers being maybe just a little bit less or way less, depending. Uh, but I wouldn't I expect a better season from Tyreek Hill with Tua on the I just don't see it. Again, you can get him the ball other ways. It doesn't got to always be the deep ball. It don't always have to be. The, there are other ways to get Tyreek Hill the ball, whether it's handoff, start him off in the backfield, end arounds direct snaps there are other ways to get this man the ball where he will be effective on that offense don't write him out yet listen like i said i might be wrong uh but and again it's that this is no slight on tyreek hill this isn't to say that tyreek hill's not a great ball player it's just that i'm saying that's a that's a pretty big drop off in terms of quality I don't know if this is true or not. This, I mean, this being reported. Kadarius Tony going to miss practice this whole week due to a leg injury. Yeah, uh, the Giants yeah, got to get that. 
they got to get that straightened out. You know, it's funny, uh, you know, if you if you are following the New York Yankees, and I know you two are huge fans, until the Giants injury bug hit, just before the All-Star break, this team was off to a record start. They were looking like one of the best teams in history. There's been a ton of injuries. The bullpen's depleted. Giancarlo Stanton's been out now for a few weeks, and the team has played awful baseball as a result of that. So yep. I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset about it. They're still going to sure? win the World Series, you jerk. All right. Uh, we're just about to wrap things up. We'll take a quick break, run your promo for uh, one of our other really super cool shows that's about to restart, and then we're going to talk about the greatest, the GOAT of superheroes next on John About the Jeep. Hi, everyone. I'm Owen Muniz, host of the All Four Downs podcast. Football season is near, and we have the podcast for you. Subscribe and follow the YouTube channel for insights on picks, sports betting, on all NFL, college football, and the upcoming XFL games. All Four Downs. Presented by Clovercrest Media. Look forward to that show coming back. Zay was asking why he's never been asked to be on it. I told him he needs to take that up with OV, Sean. I don't know what else to tell him. I said you need an order Dame guy. Do you need? Yeah, we do. Best team is college football. You need that perspective. You know, isn't uh, is a Hector an Notre Dame guy? You know what? I think he is. Right. I think he is. It's so good to have some different opinions on there. We already listen. We already have a Notre Dame guy that that talks out of his ass. I guess we don't need a second one. Oh, that, that's usually how Notre, Notre Dame fans go. Yeah, that's so. all of them. All right. Uh, so, unfortunately, Jace Garcia not with us this week because he came up with this. Uh, the question is part of the goaded series is who is the goat of superheroes? He says it can be from any media, TV, movie, comic book. Who is the goat when it comes to superheroes? Now, I don't know much about superheroes. This is my kryptonite when it comes to pop culture. I'm not a big superhero fan. It sounds like you do I, know about superheroes. Couldn't tell. You that look reference. like the superhero guy. You know, you look like a dreamer. Do I? I listen. Like. I watched uh, Superman one when I was a kid. Okay, and I watched the Batman movie in '89 with with uh, Jack with Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, and Michael Keaton. And I never went back. I've never gone back to a superhero movie. I just don't see why. I don't see the reason. I get it. They're going to beat up the bad guy, save the world. The, 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 it's been written. Not it's always. long ago been Not written. Always. Not always. It doesn't always. Don't, you're talking nerd to me now. Don't, just save it. You're going to tell me <laughs> something, Thanos, Bob. I don't, none of that matters to me. Someone who doesn't watch the movies would know exactly what I'm talking about, though, right? You, you watch the movies. It's okay. I we all have never, it's all right, Joe. never watched a single Marvel movie. That's a lot. I swear That's to God. Why they would I lie about TNT, that? USA, TBS, every weekend on each channel, back to back, all night long. You've had to see watch at least movies. I he, he's busy watch watching the Yankees movies. losing. I mostly am watching the Yankees there's lose. There's no way he's doing that. There's no way. There's no all way right. Anyway, here's what I do know about superheroes. The greatest superhero of all time, statistically speaking, has got to be Superman. It's got to be Superman. No, I so many. I know I've never. I didn't see any of the Spider-Man movies. I almost saw the Tobey Maguire one with the red head, but I and I just didn't end up doing it. Um, but Superman is the is he everything the guy does. He's I mean, other than Kryptonite, he's like a step down from a god. He's like un un unbeatable. Yeah. So I don't know. Who do you guys think is the? I, I I would also be more prone to say somebody like Mighty Mouse, who I think is an underrated superhero character. Not enough people give respect to. Sean, you seem like you are confused, so I'm going to start with you. Uh, who's Mighty Mouse? You don't know who Mighty Mouse is? I probably do. I don't He's know. a cartoon superhero. He was amazing. Oh, um, part of the Woody Woodpecker series. Oh yeah, I'm I'm quite familiar with that. I don't. <laughs> I'm not not too uh, familiar with Mighty Mouse, but um, I don't know. This is this is a tough one for me too. I'm not like a huge. Oh, that's my okay. Now I I know I know who Mighty Mouse is. Um, 
Punisher is a superhero? If I knew who Punisher was, man. I do know who Punisher is. He's the guy with the guns. I know that because he's in a Fat Joe song. They All rap right, about please, him. Man, segment, there's no point in doing this segment. There's absolutely no point in doing this segment. I can't do this no more. This is... I don't, Zay, I, I don't what, watch. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm not stupid. It's like I, I've heard of what superheroes <laughs> are. I just don't watch the stupid movies. And yes, Punisher watch? to me would count. What do you? I watching? actually like there's that pick. There's literally nothing else on TV nowadays. What are you watching? I watch documentaries. I like to learn. I like to be smarter. I watch a lot What's of documentaries. Yo, give me the goaded documentary. Let's do that. Let's make it easier. Give me the goaded <laughs> documentary. I just watched an amazing documentary the other night. They're repopulating uh, an animal reserve in Tanzania with a pride of lions. It was three lionesses and five cubs, and one of them got their head caught in a snare, and then there was a real dilemma. Normally, the photographers don't get involved when a lion's injured by another lion or by a hyena, but in this case, done by humans, they decided to tranquilize the tiger and repair the terrible bruise on her head so that they could keep the pride intact and keep the project going. Three months after they finished filming, somebody in the local village poisoned all eight of the lions. They're all dead. This is what you're watching instead of superhero. That's what I watched the other night. It was on National it's Geographic a, Channel. Yes. It's not a superhero movie. This is what you're watching. It's real. And really, that's what really happens. That's the real world. I'm in the van. I don't need superheroes. Again, I listen, the here's heroes? the problem with superhero movies. No, They're no so problem. dumb. Because there's clearly, no in the end, Batman's going to kick the Joker's ass. Got it. I don't need no. 17 versions of that. I already saw Keaton do it to Nicholson. They were great at it. Didn't need to be redone. It didn't need to be redone. That. The Dark Knight's one of the best movies of all time. I've heard that. I've seen Heath Ledger in other movies. I'm not that. The fact that you think there's only one story that everything just repeats the one story—it's a pointless. Oh my god! Yeah, they take their liberties. That's why they take their liberties. Too much of that. Just tell me the story as I understand it. It only needs to be told once. I don't need nine different people to play Spider-Man. I don't. You hang upside down, you shoot webs. I, I need to see no, what? No, an English no. actor do it next? I don't. Stupid. You're right. Go back That's to so animation. Cool. Color those things. That's even cooler. Who's your goat? Who's your goat of superheroes? Just pick one. I don't, I don't even have a goat. This is Jay, Jay should have been you here. Guys, this is ridiculous. You guys, you guys have made me hate superheroes. <laughs> you Good. guys have made me hate TV in general. You made me hate TV Sean? in general. Do you have any superheroes that you like? Yeah, I like Batman. He's All a right. cool guy. Batman it is. Batman wins. There you go. Look at that. No, I, I like uh, I like the Dark Knight because it's like more realistic, like real life stuff. At least that's what it, they make it seem like other than like saving really the world against a crazy. How does the Joker become a clown in that version? You don't really get the backstory in that. Oh. but. Right, the things that are important, they don't spend any time on these stupid movies. That's the problem. That's why I don't enjoy them. All right, Anything man. else you'd like to criticize about me, Zay, before we wrap things up? Nah, I'm pretty sure there's a pack of lions. You need to go see some elephants or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know what the problem is? I'm at the point where I've watched, I kid you not, Oh, Hulk is pretty cool. I actually used to watch that TV show. Uh, with Lou Ferrigno back in the day, I forgot about that. I would almost no, say not, the Hulk. Now that we're I'm, not talking, about, we're not, we're not doing this. Jesus, just move on. I have watched every single lion documentary there is on the internet. I'm, I'm running out of stuff to watch. Big lion guy, huh? Yeah, I love lions. Are you getting yeah. just in, in theme for Hard Knocks? Dan Campbell. That's a uh, that's a big uh, reason behind that. Maybe, maybe I'm transitioning. You never know. You never know. Anyway, uh, we're going to say it's Batman is the greatest superhero of all time. Yeah, yeah we're going to need to hear this from Jace next week because he's yeah. the one that set this all up. And now it's all. I like Batman for two reasons. He, a, he's got a servant that creates amazing things for him. And then he's got um, a boy, a ward, some young you kid that he watches over. You think, oh, my. 
You're telling me Alfred doesn't create all that bat stuff in the bat cave? Who's no, who's doing Alfred's it? A, Alfred's a uh, Lucius Lucius Fox. I don't know what that is. There's a Mor fox. Morgan Freeman. See, there's there's some good actors in the Dark Knight too. You're missing. I do like Morgan Freeman. He watches animal documentaries. He'd rather watch lions get screwed on Pride yeah. Rock than watch a, uh, he's, uh, a superhero movie. He's too worried about Tanzania. He's so smart, he knows the ending. So I'll tell you this. Movie. I'll tell you this. If you watch The Lion King with me, you'll hate it because I'll pick that movie apart for all its inaccuracies. <laughs> Come on, The Lion King's a classic. Yeah, they got a whole bunch of stuff wrong about lions, though, but oh, we'll so get into that another movie. episode. <laughs> that's, that's for another time. All right, Giants, uh, next Sunday, the 21st, they will be hosting the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll preview that game. What's the matter? It'll be who? Carolina. Giants playing Carolina Sunday the 21st. It's on the NFL no, they, schedule. No, they play the Bengals. This is Carolina, but you're right, because it also says uh, the Patriots are playing Carolina. That's a mistake. So they meant Cincinnati. They did not mean Carolina. All right. So Giants Bengals, that's next Sunday night, seven o'clock on the NFL network. Uh, we'll preview the game Sunday morning. And I'm very much looking forward to that for Sean Scanlon and King Zay. I'm Joe Aguirre. We'll be back next week with more John about the G men. Sanderson looking in, over a pass, he's looking for King, and it's something, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They're going to rule the catch.